United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects Oh, hey. Hey, I always wait for you to go first. I know. I had something. Hmm. I am that... Hey, what's up? My name is Noelle, and I am that hangnail that you go to rip, and then it feels like you have peeled off one third (laughs) of your skin. And I'm Chelsea. I'm a colloquial text. (laughs) Um. Yeah, you carry, Chelsea. What are we doing today? This one started out a little different, and it it started out as an episode about eunuchs, because I thought it would be um, applicable in the current climate, but unfortunately... Do you want to explain what those are? No. So... What do you mean? <laughs> um, so, we... I, we switched gears a little bit to talk maybe into an episode that has a little bit more levity, Levity only if you want to die. Very serious if you want to live. Um, okay. So we're going to go have a good one. Okay. So we're going to start with a brief history lesson, which is funny because I didn't want to do the eunuch episode because it was just pure history. And then we immediately go into history. Hey, I'm not complaining. I like history. Yeah. Sometimes we play ourselves, though. You know, if you don't pay attention to history, you're doomed to repeat it. You're right. 100% right. And only God can judge me. So, uh, in the Middle Ages, there were various terms for Satan that people at the time really took to heart. One of the most common ways he was depicted was as a surrogate to anything outside the purview of the church, which came down to it is obviously anything that isn't Christian is going to be associated with evil. So, kind of how it's looked at today. Uh, Yeah, we haven't changed at all. Yeah, Um, no. Satan's depicted a little bit more cute in modern times, I would say. But at this time, that's when we had, like, the fun demons who had, like, a devil anus Mm. uh, with some of the art that I saw that was really pretty. So that's where we get all the neat Monty Python-looking art. And when we look back on that, we can really see how people then viewed Satan. He was otherworldly, and he showed what a life of sin could do to twist one appearance. He was creepy, beast-like, and a little metal. Can I just say here now right now in this time and moment it it, we've we've talked about this before lightly when we talk about our favorite representations of the devil but to me these situations scream nothing of peace and love hypocrisy because it's like if you're going to sit here and say that the devil is all temptation and the devil will try to lure me with you know um living deliciously if you will Mm -hmm. like why would he be a creepy beast-like nasty creature? He would be a sexy suave because he's trying to get me to join his crew. You know, he's trying to get me to sell my soul. He's trying to butter me up. Like, why would he, why would he be a nightmare beast? That's so like, that's so projecting. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that is not what the devil would look like if he was real. Yeah, it was just like a visual way to represent something that sounded super appealing. <laughs> and people were like, I don't know how to read. So there's a shitty thing here. And then all these beautiful people on the church side over here. You are actually 100% correct about that. That's exactly no. why. But I, um, 
but also the you are right there is a hypocrisy or like a dissonance in there right where you're like what is it is it super appealing or is it twisted and grotesque yeah can't have both i guess you can if you're satan apparently so in a thesis written by morgan maddows it was called the satanic phenomenon medieval representations of satan um they make the argument that as a as christian theology grew so did the idea of the devil and something that is interesting in this growth is that while god tends to say stay the same Satan is instead in a, quote, constant state of flux being shaped and altered by historical, societal, and cultural changes. This tends I mean, that to be- makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You've got, like, to me, if the Bible is this literary piece that's always trying to hang on to modernization, then you just change the like antagonist to match whatever your current day antagonist is. Yeah. You know? So in modern day now it's gay marriage, transgender and, people. Yeah. Transgendered yeah. people and birth control and um, hot e-girls and pleather skirts online. Yeah. It's interesting the way that like at our biggest fears tend to become taboo is history progresses Mm -hmm. and this tends to be why when we look back on history we tend to interpret a lot of historical ideas through the lens of the christian and the other one primary example is that during the middle ages the black man has generally been accepted as the devil the downside to people talking or taking these euphemisms is that it could be looping things into christianity that don't really belong there Let's take a look at the black man again and dive into a little history specifically curated by author Jim Keith. In 1520, two shepherds were burned at the stake after murdering five people and then eating them. During their outcry, they said that they were met by a tall, dark man who they believed to be the devil's bondsman. After the meeting, they uncharacteristically went on to commit their many massacre and feast. And if you look further... If, If I had a bunch of people, that's also what I'd say, though. I would also say that, like, the devil told me to do it. Yeah, I'd be like, obviously, I'm innocent here. Yeah, obviously, I'm a victim. Uh, the devil <laughs> told me do. and yeah. told, me, told me to eat people, so. And in the 1500s, you probably had to kill and eat a person or two. They weren't yeah. doing well then. And in the 1500s, do you know how easy it would be to look like a constable dead in the mm-hmm. eye and be like, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but this was actually the works of the devil. And then they're and like, it's like, fuck, you're so right. Yeah. It's like you're the hundredth customer of the devil. Um, if you look further at some of the other people who are killed as witches, sacred-text.com has a list of people who have all been put to get death for witchcraft. And if you look through these lists, you'll be sure to find one Catherine Dory, who was executed in France in 1577. Her story is similar to that of the cannibal shepherds, who said that after being visited by a tall, dark man, Catherine murdered her own child. Or, hear me out. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. Maybe she had. What is it called when you have depression after having a baby? Uh, postpartum. Postpartum, yes. Mm-hmm. Postpartum. Whatever, I mean, this is not a PC sentence I'm about to say. But if you've ever sat on a five-plus-hour flight with a screaming baby... All of a sudden, those news stories about mothers putting their babies in ovens and microwaves and driving their minivans into the ocean don't seem that 
crazy anymore. No. So, you know, especially when it goes on for days and days and days and you're like, this yeah. little fucker doesn't even like me. Yeah. 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 Also speak to, speak to a mental health professional. If you are feeling those thoughts, they are normal and healthy. Don't be like Catherine and murder your child and blame it on the devil. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Paint don't a picture. Like don't murder your kids. Yeah. It's don't do that. Route. Yeah. Yeah. So on another occasion during the North Berwick witch trials, one John Fian was accused of bewitching the townsfolk of the area and even trying to kill King James the sixth and his wife, Anne of Denmark. And of course, this one has a little bit more information because of the documented torture that happened after his accusation. Hmm. Specifically, John had his fingernails ripped off and then pins were shoved in as replacements. Oh, that is creative. Uh-huh. Uh, his thumbs had screws applied to them in a contraptions called pillywinks. Pillywinks? Pillywinks yeah. is like a magical mouse that know, like, leads so you cute, on a journey right? and like gives you a map to gold. Oh, did you look what a pillywinks yeah. is? Yeah, it's like those big brass things and they put a screw down on your thumbs until it shatters them. Yeah, it presses down. It's like a, it's like a tofu press. A full Giles to- Corey on yeah. each hand. Yeah. Bah, bah, bah. So wow. that happened. Uh, he had his feet crushed in a method called booting until they were so small that they were completely unusable and too small to even walk on, even if they did heal. He was strangled and burnt and eventually ju- died on January 27th, 1591. And the most notable thing about John's torture was that he claimed he had been visited by a tall, dark man who kicked off his entire tour de witchery. Fionn stated that this man had come to him in all black and who was able to vanish from his sight in a bright light. And while I feel like you and I are well-versed in witchcraft and whatnot, sure. what are some of the tests that they would use? To find a witch? Yeah. Um, they would... Tie, wouldn't they? They would tie you to a chair or bind you and throw you into a body of water. And if it, this was always a rough test because um, if you sank, it proved that you were not a witch. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would also mean that you're drowning and dying. Um, and if you floated, it would mean you you are a witch. So if you tried to stay afloat and save yourself. Or prove that you could swim. (laughs) You would fucking die. Yeah, you were dead. Um, Damned if you do, damned if you don't, really. They would also look for a third nipple. um, Mm -hmm. Because they said that it was for your familiar. um, To latch onto and feed. Um, There's a god. There's something about the Bible. Um... I guess you weigh you weigh them against a stack of Bibles. Um, you make a witch cake and like make a fucking dog eat it, which that one was always the worst one. A witch cake is like you make them, you make the accused witch like piss in a cake in Ugh. a cake batter, and then they bake the cake. And then I'm I'm pretty sure it's like if a dog eats it, you are a witch. <laughs> it's, there's I I that very is much wild. You've never heard of that one? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, um, okay, hold on. Let me look up the, how to make a witch cake. Hold on. (laughs) What is a witch cake, you ask? It's definitely something you don't want to eat. You take the urine of the people who are, oh, this is where I was, pardon, pardon, pardon. If anyone was following my directions to a T just a few seconds ago on how to make a witch cake, please adjust and edit. I, okay. I mixed up some steps. I'm editing it out. Okay, please. Um, 
Well, no, just on your notes, because clearly everyone was taking notes of the instructions. I command Z'd it. (laughs) You take the urine of the people who are thought to be under the spell of the witch in question, mix it with rye meal, and make a little patty. Then you feed the patty to a dog. Because some of the powers the witch used to cast a spell on the affected people were in their urine. When the dog eats the cake, it will hurt the witch and she will cry out in agony. So. Okay. I would just pretend that I was in agony then. Well, then that would prove that you were a witch. But it's weird because it's like, I, I feel like that last part might be wrong on this mental floss article. Because I then feel you, like, you just stand there and nothing happens. And yeah, he's just like, yeah, I think it was like if the dog eats it, you are or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's also um, making them recite the Lord's Prayer, um, which was a fun one that was also thrown out a lot in the Salem Witch Trials because they would literally do it. And then they'd be like, well, anyway, still a witch. Yeah, the, the, all that proves is that the devil taught them the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. The devil taught them to read. Mm hmm. So, um, yeah, and those are just the ones off of uh, the top of my head. Yeah, so I'm glad that you mentioned the third nipple, um, a.k.a. like a witch mark. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, anything on your body they could claim was a yeah. type of... A mole, a birthmark, a third nipple. Mm-hmm. Some people do have them. Mm-hmm. So, according to History.com... Witch hunters often had their suspects stripped and publicly examined for signs of an unsightly blemish that witches were said to receive upon making their pact with Satan. This devil's mark could supposedly change shape and color and was believed to be numb and insensitive to pain. It's just a cancerous fucking mole. Just like all these poor fucking people had skin cancer and it was just like changing shape and color and getting bigger. And then they were like, a witch! And it was just massive suffering. You're, you're muted. I, I know. Yeah, I realized. <laughs> <laughs> pop up was like, no one can hear you. Um, yeah, just like anything that you're born with. And then, yeah, like a cancerous nipple. Like you have cancer and you're going to be burned to the stake. Yeah. It's a one-two yeah. punch. Yeah. Um, and this one has a little bit more detail on what they would look for or what they would document as people who had been witches would experience. So there would be triangular or square-shaped scars, bruises, or rashes on them. They would have chronic or severe nosebleeds or sinus problems. You're dead, bitch. I know. This, the chronic migraine headaches. You're dead, bitch. <laughs> Erratic menstrual cycles or pregnancies that would turn out to be false alarms. I feel like no one back then knew what a false alarm pregnancy was. I feel like people were just, you know. Well, there, yeah, but like imagine if you had like a hysterical pregnancy and then you gave birth to nothing. Hmm. Maybe. There, yeah, there'd be chronic medical conditions related to reproductive organs. Marks or pinpricks behind the ears, sometimes also appearing in a triangular configuration. Or unusual or unexplained mark scars, patterns, or bruises that suddenly manifest on the back or along the spine. I also, just anybody who exists gets bruises. Yeah, you just back. have a rash. Could you imagine? Yeah. You just like laid down in your shitty little hay bed and got a rash and then you were fucking put into an iron maiden the next day and tortured to death like a single freckle on the palm of my hand enough to kill me then Mm -hmm. yep that's enough evidence i feel like i would just cheese gray off every mark i had but then they started using scars too oh yeah see i would be screwed yeah even if i wasn't covered in bruises i'd be screwed because it's like any mole any freckle 
any oh. sinusy nasally person. <laughs> I know. Maybe I was like talking out of my nose every episode. Um, yeah, I'd be screwed with a witch's mark. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. I think I'm confused on my notes. Because we are talking about how to track down witches and people accused of witchcraft, right? That's where we left off? Yeah, we just we just went over the different... Okay, okay, okay. It got away from me just a little bit. Just so everyone knows, works. Chelsea yeah. ate an edible. Chelsea ate <laughs> I an did edible. not! <laughs> Chelsea ate an edible, and now she can't read. And, um, you know... I know. I think it's. I think. I think. I know. I'm confused, and it's not your blatant lies about me. I think I know why you're confused as well. And no, no, no. It is it's. It's substances. because. No, listen. It's <laughs> fucking listen to me. Abusive. It's because the second example that I read to you wasn't actually evidence of what people looked for in witchcraft trials. What do you mean? What I read to you was what you actually look for after people have been abducted by aliens. You stupid bitch. You confused yourself with that. No. <laughs> because of what we're talking about, we weren't the tall black man. We weren't talking about the fucking devil, Noel. We weren't mm-hmm. talking about Satan. Let's rewind a little bit. There were three cases that we mentioned previously. The yeah. shepherds who went cannibal, yeah. the lady who killed her kid, and the yeah. man who tried to kill a king. They mm-hmm. all have very interesting details in common. The tall black men weren't the devil. The tall black men were the fucking men in black. Oh my god! Are you trying to tell me right now that the witch trials were aliens? I'm trying to tell you that people had gnarly experiences, were visited by the men in black, and then were accused of witchcraft very closely after. The men in black are not a modern phenomenon. They have been around since at least the 1500s. Ah, mm, let me chew on this some more. Mm. Uh-huh. I tricked you. Mm-hmm. I tricked you. Mm, God, see, this... This hurts me a tiny bit. Because I do love the idea, and I feel like we've talked about it before, mm-hmm. that, um, like... Jesus and the alien, or Jesus, Freudian slip. Jesus and the angels are aliens. Like mm-hmm. whenever mm-hmm. they talk about uh, angels coming down to Earth, it's just aliens. That the Bible is just ex- like referencing. Um, they don't know how to describe beings from above, mm-hmm. so they say angel. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Feel by that. I thought that was actually a really cool twist in the episode that we were talking about men in black visiting people in medieval times this whole time. No, I know. I do love it. I do love it. It's also just like, ugh. I like the sexy devil. I don't want it to be a creepy alien. It can be. Why not both? I guess. (laughs) Um, So something we've covered extensively in a previous episode uh, was how there's a pretty good argument that the Grim, Grim Reaper was actually an alien. So to quickly recap, quote from binallofamerica.com, the Grim Reaper, or death as we have come to know him, carries a scythe and lurks in the outermost edges of mortality, donning a long, dark hooded cloak, oftentimes skeletal in appearance. And where and when this image of death came to be is as 
almost a, a point of interest as the role that death plays in many ancient disasters. The fact is, is that the Grim Reaper is considered a sentient being, an entity that has actually been seen prior to catastrophic events. During the Black Death, um, eyewitnesses claim that a being in a dark cloak carrying a scythe that has seemed to emit some sort of like gas or poisonous gas coming out of it could be seen just outside the town's border. And in fact, all the, throughout Asia and Europe, just as the plague was spreading, reports of Grim Reaper-type beings were making the rounds. And Noel, remind me, please. Who always show up after you see the fucking aliens? Uh, the men in black, man. The men in black, they come to your house and they question you. Yep, the fucking men in black. Interesting how these things just happen to line up throughout history and we still see them. Could be a synchronicity, right? Me. Could be. And guess what plague was going through France when we made all of these, when we mentioned all that different evidence? The fucking bubonic plague, baby. God fucking damn, dude. So to make things more interesting with the witch's mark and the men in black is that despite the interpretation that these men were the devil, the marks have stayed consistently described throughout history. Oftentimes, we are a little guilty, though, of thinking of witches' marks as something organic that we would have been born with, like moles or freckles. Um, sometimes we even go further, being a simple bruise, or now and then the third nipple. But this can be a fallacy when you consider that many of these historic accounts sound eerily similar to modern-day abduction stories. So, in fact, in 1665, a man named Christian Green was placed on trial for witchcraft. And during these investigations, um, the investigators noticed several marks upon his body that did not seem to be organically created. He then mentioned that he had had his fingers pricked and even needles pushed between his fingers, and that he was visited by a man in black who spoke to Christian about this encounter. Again, author Jim Keith dives into this information and highlights that many of these trials showed victims who had similar injuries, and the most distinctive ones were the, quote, Flesh is sunken and hollow, often reflecting an area where the skin appeared to be scooped out. The interesting thing here is, is that if you look up modern evidence of alien abductions, you often see people showing scars that would have been described in the exact same way. Hmm. Very delicious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. It's like Chelsea's attached some pictures and yeah, it does look like literally like a little scoop a little scoop out of the skin yeah like a little, a little ice scoop. yep mm -hmm. exactly so just what ufo insight states is that quote these mysterious dark tall men who crop up in the accounts we've examined above are none other than men in black of modern times then just how long have they been on earth and just what are their reasons for being here while they are synonymous with UFO and alien encounters in the 20th and 21st century, they, seemingly, they are seemingly connected to witchcraft and the worshipping of the devil in the Middle Ages. Might this suggest a connection between such things as witchcraft, demons, and devil worship hundreds of years ago with the apparent visitation of aliens visiting the world in the modern era? <sighs> I, want, I want to love aliens are the devil so bad but i am such a sucker for the devil pr i am such a sucker for cloven hooved monsters and sexy men in suits i it it pains me 
this pains me just a tiny bit because I could believe that maybe it's my broken brain. Maybe it's the lead in the water, but I can believe so much more that everything biblical is just aliens. It's weird. The, when you compare and contrast like experiences in history or experiences in the Bible, um, most of it could be explained away from aliens. Yeah. It makes more sense if it does all the supernatural shit just Mm -hmm. becomes like, Oh, aliens. And then you could easily draw the conclusion that religion is just science fiction. Yeah. It's all aliens in the end. Well, I mean, yeah. And I mean, that's why biblically accurate angels look the way they do. They're just Mm -hmm. fucking aliens. Yeah. Or just alien spacecraft. The real one for sure. For sure. A thousand percent. So while there are many, many accounts of people who claimed tall men in black visited them just before they were put to death, let's dive into the most modern 20th century account of the men in black and how their existence had become synonymous with silencing witnesses of strange paranormal phenomena. So on July 27th, 1947, a man named Harold Dahl was gathering logs near the eastern shore of Washington's Maury Island. That's where you go to find out if you're the father of your baby. (laughs) Nice, nice one, nice one, nice one. Thank you. So it wasn't too long before he noticed six donut-shaped objects hovering in the sky above his boat. Suddenly, one of the objects fell about 1,500 feet and was followed by some sort of metallic shrapnel, which quickly overcame the boat. Unfortunately, Dahl's son and dog were also hit. And in our hearts, the dog survived. Oh, God damn it, Chelsea. <sighs> Sorry. So during the ordeal, Dahl was able to take a few photographs, which he later showed to his boss, a man named Fred Chrisman. What happens next was outlined in a book by Gray Barker called They Know Too Much About Flying Saucers. According to his research, the next day Dahl was in a diner when he was joined by a man in a black suit. The man stared in an eerie way at Dahl before recounting in strangely specific details what he knew Dahl had seen the day prior on his boat. The man told Dahl, quote, what I have to say to you, or what I've said to you is proof to you that I know a great deal more about this experience of yours than you will want to believe. And then he said that if he spoke of the incident again, bad things would happen. So, of course, the traditional hoax theories would come out, but something that could not be faked was a series of events set off after Dahl and his supervisor reached out to a magazine hoping to sell their story. The magazine editor then reached out to a pilot named Kenneth Arnold, who had had his own UFO sighting a mere three days after Dahl's Maury Island experience. Arnold knew, he, Arnold knew the game with the military, though, and he called in the brass to investigate. So in July 1947, two Army intelligence officers came to interview Dahl and Crimson. They took detailed notes, reviewed the evidence, compiled a report, and this report, had it been released, would have inevitably proven the existence of UFOs and the men in black once and for all. Except that didn't happen. Because when the two officers boarded their B-25 after conducting their interviews, the plane caught fire and tragically crashed, obviously leaving no survivors. Hmm, how convenient. Mm. How convenient. 
So the magazine editor that Dahl had originally reached out to began looking further into claims from the men in black that Dahl had spoken about. He eventually stumbled across an account from a man named Albert Bender, who claimed he had also been visited by three men in black in 1953. Wait, hold on. Before we get to that. So he was a, he said that he was able to take pictures. Were those mm-hmm. pictures fucking destroyed in that goddamn crash? Yeah, they had to have been. I couldn't find pictures. I couldn't. Ah, ah, okay. Anyway. And like the pictures of what happened to his dog and what happened to his son with all the shrapnel. Well, I don't want to see those, gone, but gone. yeah, but. Well, oh my god oh my god the shrapnel falling from the sky and killing his son and his dog that is literally nope dude it is no nope. it's literally nope oh my gosh wow. that's like exactly what happened <laughs> okay so according to history.com barker described bender's visitors as three men in black suits with threatening expressions on their faces three men who walk in on you and make certain demands Three men who know that you know what the saucers really are. Bender, in his own 1962 book called Flying Saucers and the Three Men, described the men in black in much more frightening language. He said they floated about a foot off the floor. They looked like clergymen, but wore hats similar to the Hamburg style. Their faces were clearly discernible, or were not clearly discernible, for the hats partly hidden shaded them. The eyes of all three figures suddenly lit up like flashbulb lights. And they seemed to burn into my very soul as the pains above my eyes became almost unbearable. Sounds like some of the accounts, when you look back on history, the tall black men dressed in black. (laughs) 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 I'm going to delete that part out. Leave it. I'm refusing to let you redo it. You have to. All right, I'll leave it in. Hey, thank you. <laughs> that edible bee. Hit. Such a good note. The edible bee. <laughs> she don't really know what said, you're talking about. She really said, "Sounds like back at the tall black dress men." And black. Is that fun though? That is fun. That is think about that is fun. even just like accounts of angels, like they burn their eyes burn into your soul. You can't look directly at them. Yeah. Uh, oh, so fun. I would I love know. to think that the men in black have been here from the jump. It's the unfortunate pill that I do not want to swallow, but probably will have to that, you know, it, mm-hmm. the Bible is just aliens. Yeah. You know, and my favorite one is how the Grim Reaper does tie into it because obviously he's coming down doing alien shit and then the men in black come and tell these people things that they're not ready to hear and then they go fucking nuts so everyone's like, witchcraft it is. And then yeah. they would see the signs that they were abducted and use that as their witch's marks. <sighs> it's unfortunate. It's a, it, as much as I, peace and love again, as much as I hate the institution that is religion. It is my favorite little piece of candy to chew on. It is mm-hmm. just, there is just something about it that is so aesthetically pleasing. And um, having to give up that ghost and admit to myself that it might just be aliens is, it'll take me a few nights to be okay with it, but I yeah, do accept just, it. Just chew on it a little bit. Yeah, I will. A little gumdrop. Ah, why do I feel heartbroken about it? Maybe, Maybe I wanted already, the devil to be yeah. real. 
Well, <laughs> doesn't this make the devil more real to you, in your opinion, of your belief? Uh, no, because I want it to be like little Nicky. I want him to be down in hell on a throne with a big titty henchman. It could still be that. He could be reptilian. Yeah. Also alien. I guess that's true. <sighs> that's where the tail came from. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's, you know, it just is what it is. These are the hard truths that we have to take. Growing up is hard. It is like finding out Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah. Having to admit that maybe the devil is just an alien is like walking downstairs on (laughs) Christmas Eve and seeing your parents putting the presents underneath the tree. Yeah. Disheartening. But, you know, I'm excited to welcome you into this venture of fun conspiracy that hurts no one. <laughs> I mean, true. I mean, maybe some people will be hurt by this knowledge like I am. And maybe the rest of them will um, once again find their childlike sense of wonder. You know, I hope that. And I hope that the books that they hear about on this podcast lead them down the same dark journey we often find ourselves. Yeah. I hope that the books that you find from this episode lead you to an empty field in the middle of Nevada with your dearest friends and a telescope and not on a QAnon forum on 8chan losing your family. That's that's all I want to. That's all I want. Yeah. So in that case, more things that you could want maybe merch and you can find that link in all of our bios we are at go to hell podcast i am at noel fain that is at sith lard you can get our merch you can get links to our discord server you can get links to kelly holloran or at wildwood owl on etsy um this cool stuff that she makes for us and the cool stuff she makes for herself honestly and um God, I, we have a bunch of other shit on there too. Check it out. <laughs> Check that shit out. Um, and oh my fucking god, Patreon. That's the one that I was missing. <laughs> oh man. This Patreon. one's doozy this week. It's a heavy bit. one. It's a heavy one. A dollar gets you in. There are definitely funnier ones to listen to. Um, but but head on down. And um, you know, it's tough for me to say it right now in this moment as I digest this new information, but you know, I ain't a quitter, so. Hail Satan. I'm going to say Hail Season 3 of Love is Blind. Get in my toes! Get me on my toes. I know that we're ending the episode right now, but I have seen... I'm like barely on Episode 2 because I... I got sidetracked on a side quest because one of the douchiest men on the show mentioned um, sexual kung fu and my mom... Yes. Yeah. My mom has the audacity to look to me and go... What is sexual kung fu? And I said, oh boy, do I have a video for you? Because Andrew from Andrew Callahan from Channel 5 on YouTube interviewed one of the biggest practitioners of sexual kung fu. Go check it out. Um, so I made her watch that. And then I just was like, guess what? Now you have to sit here and watch all of these Channel 5 videos. And it was fucking fantastic. So. Yeah, I'm a little little behind on Love is Blind, but I, I've been seeing some terrible headlines about it, so I can't wait. It's good. Also, hail your mom. What a yeah. classic. Yeah. Hail Amy. 
All right. Bye. Bye.